Well, hey, and welcome to another episode of Open Mic. We are so excited that you are listening today. My name is Jared, and I'm here with Logan, with Chloe, and with Darian. How's it going this morning, guys? Good. We're just yeah. all on that Wednesday grind, you know, <laughs> hump, day. <laughs> hump day. Hump <laughs> day. Post-Tuesday uh, fog is what we normally have. Right. Uh, but guys, today we are talking through marriage. We gave a talk on marriage uh, last Tuesday. And uh, we want to get into a little bit more of the details. And uh, I guess if there are kind of two things we want to talk about today, it's kind of the marriage on a mission and the myth of marriage. Because uh, one of the things that we kind of talked about, talked about it a little bit last Tuesday when we gave a message on it. But some people, it's like the, the Midwest goal of life is to just be married. And then you get into marriage and you're like, oh, what is this? Well, okay, what did you guys do? We'll start with this. What did you guys do or learn that you do uh, when you got married that maybe you didn't know before you got married? Darian. Well, I didn't know this before because I lived with a roommate, Jacqueline, and I sleep talk a lot. But one of my stories was that I was sleeping and my husband was not asleep yet. And I sat up and then I laid back down and I was like, Danny, and like kissed him all over and then just passed back out. And he was like, what is going on? Is this your first time on open mic? And you're going to, you're leading with that one. I'm just exposing myself. It's fine, guys. No recollection of it? I, I have no idea, no. But at least I loved him, I guess. That's like, good, yeah. You know, yeah. good marriage, maybe. If you're an honest. I guess mine kind of a little bit sort of relates, but I kind of knew I did this before, but I take like forever to just get super comfy before bed. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I have my blanket wrapped under my head and all that kind of stuff. And so I just didn't obviously realize how that affected the person sleeping next to me until I was married. And so... I just remember in the beginning, Jake's like, what are you doing? Like, why can't you get comfortable? Just like, nestling. I'm just moving around. Like a, like a dog they, circling. Yeah, yeah. What do they call that? That's called uh, nesting. Rooting. Rooting. Yeah. 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 So that's what I do. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I already told this to you guys, but I was a big three-in-one guy before I got married, meaning that I had one bottle of, I think it was body wash, but I used the shampoo, conditioner, and... Body wash. So, <laughs> yeah. Toothpaste. Uh, it was everything for it. So, oil. Face wash. Oh it gosh. did a little bit of everything. And yeah. now my, my shower is shared with my wife. We have like this argon deep cleansing mm. oil conditioner thing. We have kids' toys all in our bathtub and everything else. So um, times have changed. Things that you have that you didn't know you ever needed. Argon um, oil. Yeah. Argon <laughs> oil. Um, mine would be that I, um, I wake up and do things without actually like cognitively waking up so it probably came to a head a little bit when we got married but definitely when we had kids because I here's how it looked on my end I would wake up to my wife Tyler being upset with me because I didn't go get one of our kids who was crying and I was like throwing up my hands like hey I, I, th why are you mad this is the first time her hearing of this kid crying I'd go help crying baby come back in and she's like did you know you said you would go get him six times and I asked you to like, I have no idea that happened one time, but what it would look like on her end is that she would like hear the baby. She's already gotten up a couple of times or, you know, sometimes we would take a night and it would be my night and she'd like grab my arm, Jared, you need to go get the baby. And I would go, yeah, 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 I got him. I got him. And I, I sometimes I'd sit up. Sometimes I would get up and like walk to the, to the door and then go lay back down. 
Uh, and I imagine that that would be infuriating uh, because I say I'll go do it and then I don't go do it. So that is my thing that I learned I do. So a lot of times I have to ask like, Tyler, did I do anything weird last night? Because I have no idea. None <laughs> at all. Hilarious. But you, you learn some things uh, in marriage that maybe you didn't know. What, what I guess our first question might be like, what were you not prepared for that like marriage maybe brought out that you were like, oh, this is going to be a thing. I didn't know we were going to have to work through this. Um, what were maybe some of those things that you guys learned? I think for me, honestly, humbling myself and submitting to Danny, I am very like a, I don't like a confident, just like I'm just like gonna take charge person. That DZ lie. I know, <laughs> and it like actually like humbled me a lot to be like, okay, like Danny is in charge, and Danny ultimately makes the decisions. Like I need to like, yes, I get to make decisions with him, but like I can't just be like strongholding him and like trying to push him the way that I want to go. Like we have to do this together, and so I think that was hard for me just because I'm such like a strong personality. Um, so I definitely think like it humbled me a lot into like submission so I think um, it kind of makes me think of Jared what you were saying in your message was like marriage is sanctifying and so like we find these things like once we're married it brings it out of like okay like we can actually be really annoying in certain areas of our life but we don't really realize that like until maybe another person is so closely like coming alongside us and so I guess kind of connected to you Darian like I realized how um controlling I can be or the desire I have for control and so I even found this in just simple areas of like I wanted to have control over like Jake's my husband's time with God like I was like okay our first time like living together we're like spending time with God in the morning and I'm like I find that he does it so differently like we both are reading our Bibles but he might also towards the end go play his guitar and worship. And that's how he feels really connected to God in the mornings too. And I was like, wait, why aren't you spending, like, why aren't you doing this? And I was, out, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's like horrible. Like he is like, like spending time with God too, but I wanted control of that as well. And so I didn't really realize how much of that aspect and that desire I had for it until we were married, honestly. Jake, if you're listening out there, I would never ask you to stop singing. <laughs> I've heard you sing. I your your husband has, a, he, he is, he has such an amazing voice. I would he join does. him. Wow. If he wants he to do his quiet time at my house, then <laughs> he's welcome to come over and uh, I'll join him. Chloe, to, to add to what you were saying, and honestly what your point really was too, Darian, is like marriage is sanctifying. Yeah. I was not ready for like the, I had like hidden sin in my life that I was not ready for like that to be unearthed, I don't think, in marriage, in meaning that like, I had areas of pride or areas of just like struggle that I didn't know were there that were like lying underneath the surface. And I wish I would have been more cognizant early on in our, in our marriage to understand it's like, okay, like take time, process through these things, seek help, seek wisdom, seek counsel. I wish I would have like went back. If, if I could do it again, I would have addressed those things sooner and not just kind of like sit with it. But I wasn't ready, uh, honestly, for my own sinfulness, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. One of my things that I felt like I learned quickly that I didn't know was what my expectations were. Um, my dad was a machinist, worked really hard during the day and he would come home and he always would like sit down in a recliner, take his w- work boots off. He'd, he'd have some shut eye. He'd always have a hat that he'd like <laughs> pull down over his eyes. And he'd have some sh- shut eye for like 15 to 30 minutes. Then he'd eat dinner and then he was like, good to go. And I didn't realize I had that expectation and it was like not the same thing, but I would come home and like sit on the couch, expect to rest. And then like 
okay, now I can engage because I've had my rest. And that's not a bad thing, but I felt like I just had an expectation that I didn't know until I got there and I was kind of filling that role. Did you guys have any like expectations that maybe unearthed in marriage when you got there? Or is that something like you guys communicated all those before marriage maybe? Um, I think what was really helpful is like, I know that me and Chloe, we had different like marriage counselors, or I guess pre-marriage counselors through High Street. Um, so we did like the marriage counseling and it, that was really like helpful to go through. We kind of went through those expectations, but I think that there's always a little unknown when you're going into marriage. There's always like, okay, you kind of have to figure out your role as you go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that was like so helpful of having that like premarital advice from like older couples to tell us like um like your expectations aren't always going to be met and I think that I've just kind of found that too of like expectations just like with each other like different like roles are just like different things I'm trying to think of a specific example and I can't write at the moment but like just like we have to learn each other and that we have these expectations but also like admitting to each other that like Um, those are like unrealistic that we might have in our head and just like telling each other like, Hey, I had this expectation, but honestly, that was like unrealistic. So I'm going to like confess that to you. Kind of what we learned. Yeah. I think for me, the expectation I had, like you kind of have things with your personality, like with your personality, Darren, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, like I am a little bit more type A. I am more routine and things of that nature. And where it's like, sometimes I need to chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? And like, I I get really focused on things and maybe it's not always a huge deal, but I fixate. And it's like my wife, Emma, she's so much more go with the flow with things. And um, I, I would be like, hey, this is a big deal. You should be as concerned about this as I am. But she like was more level headed. And so like my expectation is that we would like passionately attack problems together and her her reaction was often more of like processing it evaluating it in light of eternity not that big of a deal right and so for me it was this expectation that we're going to handle problems and things that come our way the exact same way or we're just going to attack our day in the same way and it's like that didn't happen but I think I've learned it's like we have strengthened each other where we were where we are weak like I start to see how I am developing characteristic traits that my wife has that are positive Mm -hmm. and she is also doing the same thing uh in her life but with that being said there's also a flip side of that is you can start like I've seen my own sinfulness rub off on my wife before where it's Mm -hmm. like she never acted that way before but because I've set an example in that way like she's modeling the same behavior I have or vice versa um and so that's something you have to be cognizant of and you should be strengthening each other but if you're not like walking by the spirit and moving towards God together on mission, you will drag each other down as well. I'd say this, we, we've done a handful of premarital counseling. I know you guys uh, both got married within the last year, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you both did some premarital counseling with, with different people. And I think that is such a good thing because it's the idea that you're bringing someone in that is a little bit more seasoned, has maybe been married for uh, quite a bit longer and has some, some context for marriage and knows what you're getting ready to walk into a little bit. And in Song of Solomon, there's this phrase, this like poetic phrase that says that you have like a vineyard and you're, that you're inviting someone in. And the phrase is like to catch for us the foxes, because there are these, vine- these foxes that come in and, and steal and, and have uh, a, a desire to take the fruit of the, of the vineyard and inviting someone else in to say like, hey, show us what we don't know. That is such an important thing, not just in marriage, but in life to invite someone in and give them license 
to tell you, hey, I see this in you. And one that takes a ton of humility, like that's never easy. It's never the simple thing to do. But I do think that's one of the things that like kind of moving to kind of our second point, like if you are wanting to be married, some of the things that we're going to talk about today are things that you can try to start doing now. If it's, um, if it's inviting someone in, if it's giving someone else license, whether that's a mentor or someone who's discipling you or someone in a group, um, that can be one of the most helpful things. Um, and I think the myth sometimes is like when I get in marriage and I find the one, everything's going to be right. It's going to be like, you know, hand in hand, everything's just going to fit and match and just going to work perfectly. And, you know, I, I think that God does bless marriages where both people are wanting to glorify him, but it doesn't mean that you're not sinful anymore. It doesn't mean that you're perfect people. And, uh, I think that's where some like premarital counseling or counseling can help with those things. What would you guys' advice be? Because the chances are most people that are listening to this are single, dating, engaged, somewhere in that realm. What would your advice be to someone who has the desire to be married but is not? How do you prep for that? How do you get ready? Um, I think something that I did was I started a prayer journal when I started uh, dating Danny. And honestly, that prayer journal like helped me connect with God and kind of helped me honestly be like emotionally pure with like Danny because I was just like writing down my thoughts. I was just praying to God about like what this could be. Um, and I think it also really helped too, because in some seasons when it was really hard for me to communicate with Danny, I would go back to the prayer journal and be like, okay, what am I feeling? I realized like that I was like really not, I wanted to wait until our wedding day to give him this like awesome like prayer journal of like all my prayers and thoughts. But like the reality was like, I was not always good at like communicating with Danny. And so I ended up sharing some of my like entries, my journal entries with like my prayer journal stuff um, with Danny. And that really helped like our communication because I was like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I want God to help us with. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of, I did that to prepare. And I think that that was really helpful, not only to be for me to be connected with God, but also for like communication with Danny and I. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I feel like we've drilled it in the last couple where I know I've said this phrase and it's probably, but you got to become the person who you're looking for is looking for. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Like, uh, I, I, that's like, that's my one liner. That's all I got. I would say you can't downplay the importance of community. Cause I think the, the argument sometimes is like when you're, when I'm in marriage, everything will make sense. Everything will mm -hmm. be right. And this person, if they're right for me, will check every box. You still need friends. You still need people that you can be, be held accountable with. And yes, Tyler's my best friend, but I still need people that are, can joke with me in different ways and, and help me and be my friend in other ways. And um, I don't even think that your spouse is meant to fulfill every desire and need and community and friendship that you have and that the church your group people still need to be there for you yeah they literally like they literally can't that's like a pressure that that is not a healthy place to be is to like you need to have friendships outside of that and um we've seen it all probably at times where it's like you see a couple get together where it's uh, boyfriend girlfriend engaged married whatever it is and it's like it's just them and that is a recipe for not health, I don't think, because you need those outlets. You, as a guy, I can say this for me, I need guys that I can go hang out with and spend time with still. Like, I need that. My wife needs to go and spend time with girls. Like, you need those things. So the abandoned, like, and that is the risk we run, like, is that we get married and it's like, 
insulated. Li- we're, we're insulated. This is our little marriage bubble, and we you need, like, relationship outside of that so much. So I'm glad you said community. I remember one of the things that blessed Tyler so much, we joined a small group when we were engaged and then when we got married. And I remember the first small group we were at where people talked about money, and this were pe- these were people that were married for six years, which at the time felt like an eternity to us because they were like our friends. We're like, man, they've got it figured out. <laughs> and um, we we were talking about money, and everybody was like, "Yeah, it's such a struggle to f- to like communicate through our budget and communicate our priorities." And we were we I remember in the small group, me and Tyler looked at each other. We're like, "It's not just us." <laughs> like it was it was so comforting to know that it is a struggle, and helped us communicate better to just have people that that kind of lived in their struggles, and we could share in that. And and I think that is such an argument for. It, you can, you see it in dating. We see it in people who get married that, man, they get married. You don't ever see them again. They just, they're so in love. They're still in the puppy dog love phase that they don't see anybody anymore. And that shouldn't be the way that it is. Yeah. yeah. I want to add something real right. quick. Uh, my wife, Emma, is doing the residency program. Darian, you're a resident mm-hmm. here at High Street. And my wife mm-hmm. has grown more from this program than she has in like the previous however much, like I, I like as a husband, you know, it's my job to lead our family and to pour into her and to help her grow. And we definitely helped each other grow. But to me, it highlighted the need of like, when I see women in our church pouring into my wife, and then I see her taking these awesome strides and her walk and her leadership, that shows right there. It's like, you can't just be just you too. You need other people yeah, in your life. Right. Because ultimately, like, I think about that too, like, an older woman for me who might be a, like a mentor to me or even like some of my best friends who are my age, like they're going to help me with things and situations or help me think through things differently than like maybe my husband, Jake would. And like, he gives me great, awesome things and advice too. But like, I love having a combination of the two of those because they think of different things to tell me and they both know different things that I need to hear. And so I think that is just so, so important to have those other people. Yeah, and on the topic of community, I think it's good to have, like, married, engaged friends, but, like, also, like, single friends. Like, some of my, like, most cherished friendships are with, like, single girls who are not in the same stage of life, but still they speak into my life a lot of different ways. So I think, like, just because you're married, like, you still make time for your single friends. You still make time for, like, all your other friends, too. But I think that that's, like, a big priority for me is that I never want to leave my friends who are not in the same stage of life as me. And, and that kind of leads into our next thought that marriage is an opportunity to show the picture of the gospel. I mean, it, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we talked about in Ephesians 5 last week, that, um, that wives are to, to love, submit to their husbands as the church does to Christ, and um, husbands are to love their wife as Christ sacrificed, loved, sanctified the church. So it is an opportunity to show, you know, his love. And um, I think if we insulate and we don't see anybody and we're not around any other people, we miss some of the mission of what we get to do. And how would you guys describe uh, having mission through uh, maybe like a transition piece into marriage? Like you guys, uh, the girls were there quite a bit sooner than, than Logan and I were a little, little while ago, but how do you have mission through a season of transition when it feels like nobody is in the same boat as you? Um, how do you keep the mission of God first, whether that's in your marriage or in transition? Mission on transition. It's a good yeah. point. 
Yeah, I think like just being a good steward of whatever God has given you. So mine and Danny's like latest transition is buying a house. And so it's like me and Danny want to use our house to host people. Um, We're even like open. We have four bedrooms and it's just us. And so we're even open to like if one of our friends needs to live with us, like in the midst of their transition, like just being there for them. So I really think it's just like whatever God gives you. I've got two kids. I'll send you. (laughs) No, thank you. No kids allowed. No No kids allowed. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's just, like, really being, like, good stewards of, like, what God has given you, whatever that is, honestly. Yeah, I think um, also is, like, not being afraid to, like, take new opportunities, even though it's, like, yes, you're in this new transition um, season of your life that is a lot of change. But, like, for us, maybe some of you know, like, we spent, (laughs) which is probably crazy to a lot of people, the first, like, um, three months of our marriage were in a foreign country. We were living in London because we got the opportunity to... Gosh, that sounds so cool. (laughs) It it was cool. But honestly, (laughs) it was so hard at the same time. And so, like, we had, like, we we were scared to take that opportunity, but honestly just stepping out in faith would be like, okay, God, like you are giving us this opportunity to serve you in another country um, with each other. And so I think just like not being afraid to take those new opportunities because we definitely could have said no because we were just married and we're like, no, we need to learn like how to live with each other still, how to be married. But we were like, you know what? We're just going to learn it in a foreign country where we have no one, honestly. But that was like, we saw so much growth through that. So and I, I think this, like, I, I would say to people out there that are going through transition, like, when you start, marriage is a great gift, but it's certainly, a tr- like, it is a transition, meaning, like, what I've noticed in life is transition always brings a little bit of challenge, and yeah. so under, like, just, like, take a deep breath. It's okay that there will be some challenges with it. Like, you should expect that, and that's all right, and I think you have to lean in um, to God. You have to commit your ways to the Lord in those seasons of transition, um, and he will act. He will, you, you know, he will show up in those times, but just acknowledging, like, it was when Em and I got married, like, under the surface, it was kind of challenging for me. Like I was struggling to see how to lead and to do those things. And uh, I had someone come into my life and say, hey, like you've actually had a lot of changes going on. So like, it's okay that you've had some stress and things like you just need to kind of process through that. That was big for me. The second piece I would say is this is like, we do shape in our society that marriage is the end game. And it's like, cool, we're done transition is just like constant. I mean, Jared, mm-hmm. you and I, we've been married for a little bit longer than um, you guys are newlyweds still. We're you like guys only are six months. Six like months in. Even. You guys got <laughs> really? it all. It, it's funny. You guys, uh, you don't, I don't know if you ever get to a place where you feel like you got it figured out, but uh, one thing that is for sure true and adding kids into the mix, uh, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. Kids are a blessing, by the way. <laughs> I, I think I paint it negative. It's, no. it's awesome. That but being said. That being <laughs> oh said. Gosh. Having kids is one massive transition. Like it's like w- a week, just every week by week is just different, and it changes. Transition is constant in life, and what we have to do in all transitions—relational transitions, job transitions, uh, school transitions—all these different things—is we have to continue to lean into God through every transitional phase. They don't ever stop. That is part of life. You just got to keep leaning into God through it. I would say that. Um you know, when, when we read through Ephesians 5 and you, and you see what, you know, for Logan, for us to think about that marriage is a mirror of the gospel and what the husband's role is, is to serve, sacrifice, sanctify their marriage. Those are really lofty, cool sounding, ethereal sounding things in the, in the day to day. 
it's a hard effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not daily relying on Christ, those things are either A, not going to happen or be extremely difficult. And it's going to feel like a grinding instead of a, a pushing in a direction. So yes, while like kids are, man, an awesome opportunity and such a blessing and such a way to show like how God loves us, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to sacrifice. It's an opportunity 100%. to show yeah. the love of Christ. And that's what marriage is too, where it's like, yes, it is a gift. And yes, it is an opportunity to show the, the mirror of the gospel to people around us. Um, an opportunity to sacrifice sounds really cool, but it's also extremely difficult in practice. Um, yeah, I like what you said. It's like, w- wasn't this been your message? You're like, I would die for you. Yeah. yeah my, <laughs> one of my favorite things, this is what I said on my message in the movie Inside Out, in the, in the girl's head, like where the movie lives, there's like this conveyor belt where like this guy that lives in her head, uh, this like perfect guy, uh, and something happens and malfunctions and it keeps popping out the same guy over and over and he keeps <laughs> popping to the end of the conveyor belt and I can't remember her name. He's like, I would die for you. And that to me is like what we picture you know, we love movies where the guy comes in and saves the day and saves the girl from a train. You know, we love stuff like that. But then it's like we don't glorify the daily sacrifice that you have to make for each other. And like, guys, I wish I could show you how bad I was at laundry when we first got married. When I was living by myself with roommates, um, I would take my laundry home for my mother to do it. In oh St. Louis, I would bring trash bags of laundry Dude, I love home. that man I no. did that too I, I it's it's laziness it's I would see but also your mom's like laundry just sell, smells so much better than yours like I have no idea what they put well in and there. I That's, just for the yeah. longest time it was like my mom's way of like loving her kids and I was like 21 and I was like I don't want to keep her from being able to do that <laughs> oh, okay. um, that was my excuse uh, but it was just you bring a trash bag home and you leave with folded nice things yep. but now it's like I couldn't just like dump that expectation onto Tyler it was like now I have a thing to sacrifice and it seems so silly uh like those little tiny things but it is an opportunity to sacrifice show the love of Christ uh, to our spouses. Hey, something I didn't I didn't say. What something that is a, an expectation. This isn't a, a a biblical point at all or anything. It's not unbiblical. But there's a difference between cleaning and tidying. And my wife is a tidier, True. but I'm a cleaner. All right. Ooh. And so when we're talking about ex- expectations, it's like. I will get in there and scrub that toilet and clean that bathtub because that's <laughs> what needs to happen. You know what I mean? Amen. But there's also tidiers that they're just hitting the highlights. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do at that point, but I need to Our say. standard <laughs> has gone down desperately since having kids, if I can add that's that so to, the, to the mix. Um, guys, any other thoughts, anything that you have in the tank that you haven't gotten out yet? Thoughts towards what you would tell someone that's leaning towards marriage and thinking about things? I would just say there's always... There's always a mission, whether you're like single, dating, engaged, married, there's always God is giving you something right in front of you. And like I said before, like it's just try to be a good steward of that and try to be obedient to what he is telling you. Because even if like you're planning a wedding and you're engaged, there's always something to be obedient with. Yeah. I One of the things I meant to say earlier that was kind of my thought towards like having a mission in marriage, Tyler and I were so incredibly blessed before we were married, both as a couple and individually, how much we were blessed by married couples that let us into their lives, let us see their marriage, let us have meals with them, let us hang out and watch movies with them and their kids. 
because everybody has a picture of what marriage is. And sometimes that gets skewed just because you're in the middle of it, if, whether that's your, you know, your parents or if you have a, a, a blended family. Like you have a picture of what marriage is. And when you get to see a different avenue of that, you have an opportunity to show the love of Christ. So I would just say, like, if you can approach your views on marriage, your views on relationships with humility, and with like a spirit of like, God, I know you want to teach me in this. And I know I'm probably not where I should be yet. I've been married. It'll be eight years this October. And I know there's so much that I still have to learn that I look at like Tyler and I went to Chloe and Jake's wedding and we we're like, man, Jake blew it out of the water and made us all look bad with his vows, with songs, with all these things. I and knew I'm like, I had to, yeah, I had to step my game up after that. After <laughs> oh I saw that. Yeah, it was challenging. But it's like, I want to be able to learn from everybody. I, I, there's not, there's not a couple that I'm like, man, I, you all, y'all are underneath us. I want to learn from everybody. I think if you take that mentality into the way that you view marriage and stuff, man, it's just going to help you. Yeah. I would say like not neglecting just like the power of prayer in that too, because like that goes with, um, in like a season of singleness, like it, the desire for marriage is so good, but like you need to be bringing that desire to the Lord in prayer. And so I think that is a huge thing, but also praying over your marriage constantly, because, um, I read a book, a few months ago called fervent and it's about praying like fervent specific prayers and one of the points was praying over your marriage and like your husband um, because it is such a picture for the gospel and it's a mirror of God's love for the church um, to other people and so of course the enemy wants to attack it of course he does and so we need to be praying over it constantly so before you're married of course be praying over it so specifically but while you're married and engaged to like surround your marriage in prayer. Yeah, my final thought would be, man, if you're if you're in that season entering into marriage, maybe you're newlyweds, maybe you're you're thinking about that, like, or even if you're single and that's a desire you have, find a couple that's pursuing the Lord on mission together. And that was one of the coolest things Emma and I got to see is we got to see uh, um, our friends Ben and Savannah, and they had uh, uh, their son Coda at that time, and we got to see them just be on mission as a family. And I was like, that's what we want to do. And then we just like. They're being obedient to Christ. We want to do that when we're in that stage. And so that's just really helpful, really practical. Yeah. Well, hey, as we close, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope that it's been challenging and encouraging. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.